What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hot Shot Wake Up. This is your weekly wildfire update here on Friday. Thanks for tuning in. We also have a Wednesday show on our Substack, thehotshotwakeup.substack.com. And it's been a busy week. Even though it's winding down around the nation when it comes to wildfire, prescribed burn season has started and there are still some active wildfires out there. Specifically in the Pacific Northwest, there's some managed fires that are still kind of smoldering around up in Idaho and Montana and other places. But the big story that came out this week, I broke this story on the Substack on Thursday morning, so yesterday morning, after multiple folks reached out to me and said, hey, there is an incident that is ongoing in Oregon. And this all took place near Seneca, Oregon where Forest Service staff were conducting the Star 6 controlled burn or prescribed fire on Wednesday. And from what I have been hearing, it spotted out of its box and ended up on some ranch land just across the way. And it's now being said by the sheriff's office that this was the holiday ranches where this prescribed fire escaped into so a lot of folks were hitting me up Wednesday night, Thursday morning, my inbox basically exploded, all due to the fact that the burn boss, a 39-year-old individual, was arrested for, quote, reckless burning by the sheriff's department in Grant County, Oregon. Now, since then, it is my understanding that that individual has since been released However, there still are some charges pending, it seems. This entire incident is still under investigation by the Grant County Sheriff's Department, and there are still a lot of unknowns. So with all the messages I was receiving from locals in the area, some firefighters who are on the ground, and others, it sounds like this situation escalated very quickly. It seems that local residents felt the prescribed burn shouldn't be taking place because of the temperatures and the humidities that were out at the time. And the sheriff's department has since come out and said that some of the firefighters on the ground felt the same way. A statement from the sheriff's office was saying that some of the firefighters that they interviewed were afraid to lose their jobs if they said publicly that they too felt as though this prescribed burn shouldn't be taking place. And so that brings up all sorts of questions. Before we get into those questions, there was this very quick reaction of instantly wanting to blame someone for this whole shit show that went down. And... Dozens of people were like, Grants County Sheriff's Office, like, oh my gosh, they're just out there arresting everybody. And then other people were saying, ah, oh, these local ranchers were causing all sorts of problems, and they were the ones who were making threats, and they're in the wrong because the forest would be there to save them if, if their land, you know, was on fire because of a wildfire. And then there's folks who wanted to blame the burn boss, because of wild speculations that this burn was out of prescription, which we don't know at this point in time if it was or was not, or at least I don't know that because I didn't have the burn plan. This incident raised a lot of eyebrows because this is very, oh, abnormal or rare of an occurrence for something like this to take place. Now, before we get into breaking this all apart, there's a couple things we have to understand first. One, the location in which this occurred. This part of Oregon has historically had tense relationships with federal officials or federal agencies in the past, and it's very well known if you know the area. If you haven't heard about the incident with some individuals named the Bundys and folks like that, I suggest you just do a quick Google search of Oregon and the Bundys and you'll get a background 
education on why a lot of folks think that this is such a big deal. The other thing that I've been hearing is something like this has never happened before and unprecedented, all these sorts of things. Yeah, I think pretty close. It's pretty close to be described as that. However, there are other instances where ranchers and landowners have threatened firefighters and specifically hotshots while on a wildfire, but not necessarily on a prescribed fire before. So if we jump in our time machine and we go back to, I believe, 2015, there was a fire in Idaho called the Teepee Springs Fire. Now, on that incident, there was reportedly some ranchers that just started burning off of some mid-slope dozer line. And I remember reading this in the Idaho Statesman at a fire camp when we still had mess halls. This specific mess hall had the newspaper from the Idaho Statesman. I sat down with my breakfast or my dinner. I don't remember which one it was. And I was reading about this Teepee Springs fire and ultimately that there was a lot of repercussions that came about with the IC. I believe it was a type one IC that lost some qualifications over this whole deal and how it was handled. And multiple hotshot crews refused the assignment because the ranchers wanted some hotshot crews to protect their ranch from this wildfire. And they were demanding that they build line downhill and they had fire below them. And there was a document filed anonymously that described the situation. And ultimately, it sounds as if what happened was the ranchers were armed or had a sidearm. It sounds like it was holstered. But that rancher was making threats to firefighters saying, hey, go up there and dig line around or fire off around my ranch. And these hotshot crews decided, nope, we don't want to do that. The sheriff's department was called on multiple occasions. Like the sheriff showed up, left, showed up again. And there were some reports going around that the IC was trying to demand that these hotshot crews do this. But still they refused and it turned into this big thing. Point being, on the Teepee Springs fire, there was a similar situation, except it wasn't the Forest Service putting fire on a rancher's land. It was the ranchers putting down fire on a Forest Service or BLM, I believe, operation in Idaho. So there are other high-profile interactions like this that have happened in the past. Now, back to Oregon. This all took place on the Malheur National Forest, and I'm probably slaughtering that pronunciation of that national forest, but that's where it took place. And so far, what we know is that the temperature in the area when this occurred was in the mid to high 70s, and the relative humidity was around 16%, it sounds like. The story goes that the burn started and spotted onto this holiday ranches and burned about 20 acres of property. The sheriff's department said that federal firefighters and landowners worked together to try and catch the slop over that was caused by the prescribed fire. But if you're a firefighter, you know how this goes. Everybody's digging line together, and you're talking to each other. And it sounds like that... In that time of trying to catch this spot fire, and by the time the arrest was made, that thing slowly started to boil. And there was some conversation between the civilians and some conversation between the firefighters. And ultimately, people got heated and they were pissed off about it all. Now, let's think about this together. Put on your rancher hat for a second. And imagine that that's your livelihood. You need the grass, you need the grassland to feed your animals, which ultimately is how you make your living. Okay? And just roll with me on this for a second. Don't get me wrong. We're going to cover the other side too. 
So just just bear with me. I know some of you are wringing your hands and just being like, ah, 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 you should just ah, blame everybody. No, let's have a conversation about this. Okay, so then the Forest Service pulls up on your block and they say, hey, we're just going to rip off a couple acres on this side of the road and shouldn't be a big deal. Hopefully we have it wrapped up by the end of tonight. All right, is everybody still imagining this world with me? And then you start talking to your neighbors and you say, it's pretty, it's pretty damn hot out right now. And you start chirping to the holding line or the guy in the engine that's at your driveway. And you say, hey, I think it's too hot for you folks to be burning. You know, do you think you should be burning? And you're told, no, everything's going to be fine. We got this. We got this. And then later on in the burn period, all of a sudden your property is on fire, okay? What would your reaction be if this is the situation that we're envisioning? What would your reaction be to that? Would you be whistling Dixie and saying everything's okay? I don't think so. And if you think you would be, then you then perhaps you don't understand the mindset of a, of a rancher. So then, you know, these these kids, in quotes, you know, these kids, these Forest Service kids come over and start trying to put out this fire. Granted, it does sound like, in my mind, that it was just a 20-acre slop and it wasn't that bad. However, that doesn't excuse, you know, the loss that these people took in property damage. It just, it doesn't. So you're digging line and you're trying to catch this thing and, you know, you're dusty and dirty and you just wanted to go have dinner with your family or maybe you had plans on Wednesday night to go do something and you start fuming and you start you know, thinking to yourself, God damn it, I told him that this was going to happen. I told him this was going to happen. And then someone pops off next to you and then you pop off and say, you know, something that's not very savory or nice and then things start escalating Next thing you know, the neighbors are coming over to see what's going on, and you have this whole mess that has started to boil over in the middle of this property. The sheriff's department isn't saying if these folks were armed or not, and quite frankly, if you own a ranch and have hundreds to thousands of acres, you're going you're gonna to have a sidearm on you. It's, it's just the way of the world, folks. It's the way it goes. But that being said, that doesn't mean that, number one, it was going to be used, and number two, that it was put there with malicious intent. Now, again, everybody who's listening is like, oh, you're taking the rancher side. No, let's, let's now go envision what it's like to be on the Forest Service side of this all. So you've been told that you have to do a prescribed burn, and it should be fairly easy. You go out and just take care of this, so on and so forth. Everybody with me? Do you have your greens on? Are you in your fire truck? So you roll out there to the prescribed burn unit, and you're greeted by ranchers who already are not happy that you're there, and they think that you're going to screw this whole thing up and they're telling you to your face, hey, if you screw this whole thing up, there's going to be a price to pay, blah, 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 blah. So as someone who's been in this situation, you think to yourself, ah, oh, man, I got to deal with these people and this burn at the same time. I just wanted to rip this off. We could monitor it for the next two days, spray some water, mix and stir, mix and stir, and then we'll have our weekend. We can have our weekend off. Awesome. That sounds good. But I got these ranchers barking in my ear. So you start your burn and how things go, because we all know it's very difficult to pull off a burn without like just a little, you know, problem or a little bit of stress or something coming up, you know, like even something as little as, oh, we forgot our firing bag at the truck and now you got to wait another 20 minutes all the way to spot fires across your line and the thing takes off on you. Like, it's always something, it's never nothing. That's the saying that we all use when you pull up to an incident in California and you think everything's going to go 
sideways or you go to a little IA in Nevada, it doesn't matter where you are. It's always something, never nothing. So then you start your burn and you get the call over the radio that, hey, there's a spot fire across our line. It's burning on holiday ranches. Is everybody still imagining this this scenario that we're making up now? You see what I'm doing here? So we can all imagine that you send your holding resources and others over to the ranch to try to shut this thing down. And of course, the ranchers who were telling you that you shouldn't do this in the first place are now there digging to try to save their property with you, and everybody's pissed off. And not only is everybody pissed off, but now all of the non-supervisor employees that are side-by-side with the ranchers trying to catch this thing are just getting earfuls. Just like, I fucking told you not to do this, blah, 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 blah. Like that's stressful for those individuals who it's not even their call to burn or not. It's their job is to watch for spot fires, bump fuel down the line and take weather. So then you can imagine that the burn boss goes and has a conversation or the ranchers come and have a conversation with the burn boss and things escalate quickly. Again, this whole incident is under investigation. We don't know if the burn was in prescription or not. But in this scenario that we're imagining, we could pretend that it is. If we were to imagine that the prescribed fire was out of prescription, and if you are listening and you don't know what that means, when you are going to conduct a prescribed burn, you have to have a burn plan. You have to have this thing approved. And then there is a window that allows you to go or no-go with your burn, and that's called being within your prescription. You are not allowed to conduct a burn when it's out of prescription because that null and voids the entire burn plan, and then you have all sorts of liability issues. If, in fact, later in this investigation it comes out that this burn was out of prescription— it's going to turn into a goddamn mess because that will just add, you know, it's a horrible pun, but it's going to add uh, fuel to the fire. It just is. But in our little scenario, let's imagine that it's in prescription and there's verbal pushback from this burn boss or others that, hey, we did the best we could. We lit this thing off. It's not that bad. We caught this thing. Hey, we'll compensate you for your loss, whatever it is. But it gets to a point to where people are being threatened and it escalates. Now, we have one more view to look at. And that is the view of the sheriff from Grants County. So you get a call. Now, we're all imagining this now. We're all imagining this. We're not saying this actually happened, but we can all, we can all envision this scenario. You get a call. And you're asked to respond to an incident where there are civilians and federal authorities, federal firefighters, that are in conflict, there's an argument ongoing, and perhaps threats were made. So you arrive on scene, and basically all hell is breaking loose. You have all of these ranchers and neighbors throwing a fit, pissed off boiling over. It's nighttime now. There's still smoke in the air. The kids are still up. The firefighters can't contact their loved ones because there's no cell service in this area. Okay, are we imagining this? Can we can we envision how this would be? They don't know if they're going to be able to leave that night or not. So there's an incredible amount of stress on that side. And you roll up in your sheriff's vehicle. Now, what is the job of a law enforcement officer? Now, this, this, could be a, this could be a very loaded question, and I'm sure everybody's got a different answer. But I got an answer, too. And my answer is, a law enforcement officer or the sheriffs are the tool needed to de-escalate situations. Clearly, if you are a law enforcement officer, sheriff's deputy, 
most of the time, you are not there to escalate the situation. Your job is to de-escalate so cooler heads can prevail as the minutes, hours, days, and weeks go by. And you just want everybody to calm down, go their separate ways, and we'll sort this all out. Don't worry about it. I feel like that is the job of these public servants, specifically in cases like this. So are we all still imagining, are we all still envisioning how maybe this went down? Or we, we, can, we can envision, you know, perhaps how the scenario unfolded if we decide to look at it this way. So what do you do? Where is the anger coming from? Well, the anger, it seems, is coming from the private landowners. And we have already lived an evening in their shoes, and we understand that their livelihood was at risk, and that they would be upset. Then on the other side, you have folks who really just don't want to be there anymore, and perhaps are being told that they can't leave. Maybe not forcefully, but we can imagine and we can envision that perhaps someone said at some point in time in the night, you guys aren't going anywhere. You're staying right here until we figure this all out. I could see how that may have happened. It's a possibility. So as the sheriff's deputy, that we are now living in his shoes or her shoes, you remove the point of conflict And that point of conflict in this scenario is this burn boss. Just because this happened, it doesn't mean that all of the blame is going on this individual or that it's their fault that things escalated to where where they were. But as a sheriff's deputy, in order to de-escalate a situation, perhaps you remove the individual or thing or catalyst that led to everybody being in a tizzy and pretty well pissed off in the moment that they're in now. So you load that individual into a vehicle, you go to one party and you say, hey, we're going to take care of all this. Don't worry, we'll figure it out. Then you go to the other side and you say, hey, we're going to have to interview some of you. But hey, don't worry about it. We're going to get it all figured out. We'll contact your loved ones. We'll figure out how to tell them that you're going to be late or not coming home tonight. And we're going to try to smooth this whole thing over. Then you bring the burn boss in, as we can imagine. And you book them for reckless burning. And then you fill out some paperwork and you have a chat. You interview them, of course, and say, hey, what's your side of the story? And then you let them go. Okay, now that we have seen this from every person's perspective, let's talk about this a little bit. Interactions between the public and federal employees in a negative manner is nothing new. Okay, so we'll throw that out there. Number two, there's all sorts of unconfirmed rumors going around that these ranchers were armed and, you know, threats were made, so on and so forth. First of all, we don't know if that's the case. And second of all, if I am to envision or imagine how this went down, well, then I would visualize a rancher with a sidearm on his hip. That is what I would imagine. I have been to this forest. I have been to this area. And like I said at the top of the show... There have been some very high-profile federal cases in this area of the country. Years ago, individuals took over, I believe it was a fish and wildlife or a fish and game building in this area, and were making a stand for some issues that were going on, again, involving ranches and management of the surrounding forests. Again, that escalated. That didn't de-escalate. That escalated, and people were shot, and people died, quite frankly, over this whole thing. So let's 
again, put ourselves in the shoes of a sheriff's deputy, and you think to yourself, oh my gosh, where have I seen this before? A couple years ago. Yeah, this is how it went down. I should de-escalate and remove what is perceived as the threat to the situation because you don't want that all to happen again. Now, everything is still under investigation. We do have some unique wording of the sheriff's office's press release. Simply just the first sentence, I think, is quite revealing. And it simply says... Quote, on the hot afternoon of October 19th, 2022, the star-controlled burn escaped United States Forest Service land near Milepost 2 on the Izzy Highway north of Seneca, Oregon. Now, just in that first sentence, they say, on the hot afternoon of. They didn't need to put that in there. That tells me that the folks who prepared this press release wanted it to be made known that it was very warm that day. It's the third word of the press release is hot. And on top of that, the sheriff is quoted as saying, there's a lot more to this. Everybody knew it was a bad burn and it should not be happening Even the fire staff out there, there are fire personnel that were on scene that are afraid to say much because, you know, their jobs and all. It was not the right time to burn, and there may have been means taken to get that burn done that were outside the scope. That's kind of where this all is at. You know, it's a really tenuous situation. So... Now that we've imagined these things and visualized what could have happened, (laughs) we now know that, quote, everybody knew it was a bad burn. Now, before everybody punches their radio and hits me up saying, you're defending the ranchers, ah, you're defending the sheriff's office, No, I'm just quoting people and what sounds like fire personnel on the ground that also don't want to tell the truth because they think they'll lose their jobs, but have said in statements to the sheriff's department, it seems that they thought it was a bad idea to go ahead with the burn as well. Now let's discuss some options. If it is the case that this burn was out of prescription, but fire was put down on the ground anyway, Because, hey, we got some holding resources. We got good people here. We think we can make it work anyway. We're barely out of prescription. Just barely out of prescription. And you go ahead with it. If that is the case, which we'll find out, but if it is, the first thing that needs to happen, and this is such a touchy subject now because prescribed burning was shut down across the nation for a lost prescribed burn down in New Mexico, of course. That was the Hermit's Peak Calf Canyon. And all sorts of new rules went into place to then continue prescribed fire. So I understand that this is a very touchy subject, but we should talk about it. So if that's the case, and it was out of prescription, but the forest signed off on it, Then, no matter what the charges are against this burn boss, if any are pursued, the United States Forest Service needs to pony up and lawyer this guy up and go to bat 100% for their employee. Plain and simple. If it was out of prescription, and again, we're just visualizing that this was the case because it's still under investigation. Then you have to look at the private landowners and think to yourself, well, they they just need to be compensated for what was lost because the burn plan, if out of prescription, is null and void. What's unfortunate, and it seems to be a human trait, is that things escalated to the point that they escalated to. Quite frankly, 
I don't think the sheriff's office could have done any better. And there's all sorts of people I know you've already reached out to me. And a lot of the folks who have reached out to me and said this to me, I respect you. Like, I know your work and I respect what you do. But a lot, there was a lot of hate for the sheriff's office saying, you can't arrest this guy. This sets a precedent, so on and so forth. And that's true. 100% that is the case. This does set a precedent. And this does cause all sorts of issues. Hands down. But you can't just do nothing if you're the sheriff's department. If you have citizens who may or may not be armed, and that's not against the law. If you're on your property or even in some places in this country, you can just walk around with a gun on your hip. And everybody on the ground from holders in the holding line to civilians in the neighborhood saying, hey, no one wanted this to go forward and we think it was a bad idea from the get-go. You have to make a gut call and you just you remove the burn boss you say hey man we're going to bring you in we'll let you go here after a little bit yes we're going to charge you with reckless burning and then this whole thing will get sorted out what i don't want to see happen is hardcore activists on either side on the rancher side or on the forest service side turning this into something that's Bigger than what it is. And I understand that it is a big deal. But what we don't need is people outside of Forest Service offices saying, you gotta go, these are our forests, blah, blah, blah. And you don't want people on the other side going out to the ranches and, you know, throwing up middle fingers and escalating it there and saying, fuck you and blah, 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 so on and so forth. And... What it seems like is this just, it just escalated to a point that it didn't need to get to, but it sounds like, or we can imagine that there were some people who were like, we told you so, we told you this was going to happen, and people started chirping off at each other, and it got to a point where it sounds like some people felt unsafe, and the sheriff's department was called. Now... What I don't think we'll see, which a lot of people are worried about, is sheriffs around the nation just arresting burn bosses all over the place now. Like, I, I don't think we're going to see that. There are folks who have expressed to me since I put this story out yesterday morning that, oh, there's, now there's going to be sheriffs just rolling up all over Northern California and the state of Jefferson they're just going to start arresting firefighters all over the place. I don't think that's the case. Again, it seems this could have been prevented on both sides, okay? On both sides. The If the burn was out of prescription, it shouldn't have happened. That's just plain and simple. Plain and simple. And if you're in wildland fire and you don't agree with that statement, then then you are going to be walking on eggshells if that's how you operate. There's there's things in place so people aren't liable for the outcomes of these burns. And on the other side, it probably didn't need to escalate to the point to the sheriff's office getting called. And if you understand that some of these folks that work for all sorts of Forest Service agencies aren't used to seeing people angry with guns on their hips. Like, they're not used to seeing that. And not only can that scare someone... It escalates the situation even more because people get frantic and panicky. So where do we go from here? Well, first, we're waiting for an investigation to complete. Now, everything we talked about, we were just imagining that. We were, we were 
visualizing what could have happened. And I think it is good to look at this from all sides. And I'll say this, as a people, as a human race, as a planet Earth, folks should consider taking a deep breath when stuff like this comes out. Yes, the headline is a burn boss was arrested last night. That's what happened. That is the headline. Then things start swirling and rumors come out saying this was said, these actions were taken. And instead of just taking a deep breath and waiting for more information to come out or trying to visualize and imagine what has taken place on all three sides of this situation. Like we could even imagine what it was like to be on the side of the ranch dog and the the dog looking up as there's fire burning through where it likes to frolic and play and there's angry voices and my owner is mad and it's hot and, and now it's smoky and I'm hungry. How come my bowl hasn't been filled with food yet? We could even take it there just to add some sort of comic relief to it all. But we wait for the investigation to come out. It does seem like there is going to be some sort of court case. I don't think the ranchers will just let this one slide. And then, of course, there will be discovery and all sorts of things will come out at that point in time. But my point, what I was saying is, Take a deep breath and let's just not, let's not blame, let's not just start blaming people. Some of my readers assumed that just because I wrote an article about a burn boss getting arrested, that I thought that was good and that I thought prescribed fire was bad and I was taking sides and so on and so forth. It's like, no, uh, People who were involved in the incident and people who were at the incident and people who were connected with people who were at the incident reached out to me and told me that's what had happened. And so that's what I reported. Hey, a burn boss got arrested last night. Sounds like the sheriffs took him in. Heard it was a tense situation. About 20 acres burned. It was on some ranch land. Not sure if it was in prescription or not. More details to come. That's what happened. And if everybody can just see it as something other than just we need to blame someone now. And that goes for everything in the world. Eventually, sure, we can place blame. That's important. Accountability is important. And I rail on that week after week when it comes to legislation that's lost, overtime payments that are never paid out. And no one takes accountability for that. And yes, that angers me too. I think that eventually someone needs to be held accountable. And we are pretty sure where the blame should be placed for that. But when this incident took place, I just believe that there is a bias on all sides. There there are so many landowners that follow my page and my substack. There are even more firefighters that follow my page and the substack. And... They're both biased when I put out a story like this. The landowners and the people who ranch and others are like, oh, there they are again. They're losing another burn, causing all sorts of problems. And the people on the firefighter side say, oh my gosh, now we're just arresting burn bosses all willy-nilly. What's next? Every time we do a burn, we're going to have to be afraid that if there's a spot fire, we're going to get arrested. And even the other side of folks who are like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, geez, burning out a prescription, oh, my gosh, blah, blah, blah. Just take a deep breath, and I think it's important to do the mental exercise of what we did on this show, which was place ourselves in all of the individual shoes and envision or imagine that perhaps... That's what went down. And it's human nature for folks who disagree with each other fundamentally in the first place are going to escalate a situation when there 
is a conflict. Really, what it comes down to is, thank God the sheriffs were there. We could imagine a scenario where the sheriff wasn't there, but that wasn't the case, and it's not likely that is the case. And that's not that fun to pretend that that is the scenario. I think what really went down is closer to what we envisioned in the first place. I do want to hear folks' opinions on this matter. Leave it in the comments. Hit me up in a message. Head over to the Substack, hotshotwakeup.substack.com. Let me know what you think. Because it doesn't escape me that this is a big deal. As soon as I was getting this information feed from folks out in Oregon of what's going on and what's happening, I knew instantly it was a big deal. It was late at night. I had just finished dinner with my brother. I had some ribs and some beer fat fries, which was, it was absolutely delicious. And I came home and I started looking through my messages and I was just like, oh wow, this is, this is going to be a, a big deal moving forward. Not just for tonight, not just for tomorrow. But I'll leave you with this. First and foremost, let the investigation play out. I don't think it's inappropriate to try to imagine what happened and to try to put ourselves in the shoes of all the individuals who were present at this incident. I think doing that exercise will calm people down and you can better analyze the investigation report and findings once it does come out. I also think it's important to realize that this isn't an easy situation to deal with. When you pull off a burn and nothing goes wrong, it's awesome. It's the greatest feeling. You don't get stuck out there till midnight trying to catch spot fires. Everybody has their headlamps off, trudging over down timber and debris everywhere, looking for little glows in the night for the spot fire that you may have missed an hour ago. So when things go great, everybody's happy. When things go wrong, everybody's pissed off. It just happened that this took place in an already contentious region of the country. I don't want this to affect prescribed burns going forward as long as these prescribed burns follow a burn plan and stay within prescription. I would like ranchers and landowners to look at this and maybe think to themselves, I don't personally need to be in conflict with these people. I can contact my sheriff's department or my sheriff's office and maybe something will get sorted out. The last thing we need with the already, and excuse my language, the already shit show that is in the Washington office with the Forest Service, to the BLM to some extent, even in the BIA, we don't need to add on civilian conflict with our firefighters. I say it all the time. Our biggest benefit is having the public on our side. They're the ones who call their constituents and ask for better benefits and raises for us. They are the ones that write their representatives and say, hey, why hasn't the Tim Hart Act gone through yet? Everybody wants to find the boogeyman in it all. And in some cases, there is a boogeyman. That's the world we live on. Welcome to planet Earth, everybody. Boogeymen exist. But in other cases, they don't. And there is a wild misunderstanding in a heated conflict. And things still go downhill, even though there isn't a boogeyman. And lastly, just because an individual was arrested doesn't mean they're a boogeyman. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope people are with me here in what I'm trying to say. Take a deep breath, especially if you didn't have firsthand experience with the situation, and let's not be quick to blame. As I said earlier, if this goes to court, the Forest Service better back this burn boss up. They better. They better pay for a good lawyer. And if there are major penalties, you would hope that they would foot that bill. I also hope that ranchers and landowners understand that the people standing on your dirt road looking across into your property for spot fires aren't the bad guys. They want a summer job. They are crossing their fingers that they get benefits. And they like being outside. And they are outdoorsmen and outdoors women like you as well. Whether or not this was a prescribed burn that was in prescription or not matters at this point. Quite frankly, that is what matters. Because there are rules in place to prevent liability and to protect those who are conducting the burn. It's a social contract with the civilian landowners, which says we won't conduct anything that is outside of this scope. And it is for the protection of not only for the forest, but for the landowners around the forest. And like I said at the top of the show, not only does that matter, if you get into the habit or are in the thinking of, oh, it's just a little bit out of prescription, I'm going to light it off anyway, that's a problem. And it's why we had this prescribed burn pause and the new policy coming out of that is we need agency administrators on the ground for these burns. We don't, quite frankly, people don't want that. They don't want that. No one wants that. No matter your job, what if you work on a dock, if you work in a Dunkin' Donuts, if you work at a hockey arena, if you're a lawyer, doesn't matter. You don't want your supervisor breathing down your neck or five supervisors above you breathing down your neck. People just don't want that. But I think we've covered this the best of our ability, at least for how short out of a time frame it is from this incident. I think it's important that everybody sees it from all angles. I think it's important if it was in prescription or out of prescription. I think it's important that just because a burn boss was arrested, it doesn't mean that we should blame them for this. I also think that just because a rancher had a sidearm on his hip on his own property, that he's or she's ultimately the worst person on the planet. I hope people can take a step back and, quote, pretend that this is the way it went down and see it from all of the perspectives that there are. And I think that's important because people want to have an opinion on this. And I think an informed opinion in the absence of a official investigation conclusion helps everybody involved in this conversation more than just wanting to point a finger and wanting to find a boogeyman and wanting to say they're right and they're wrong. Because that doesn't build the relationships that we need to keep intact, that we need to grow on, that we need to build and make better. Otherwise, things like this may occur more often, which I would hope everyone agrees that we don't want that. I'm going to take this time to thank all of our Substack subscribers. If you go to thehotshotwakeup.substack.com, click on that subscribe button. Everything we do is 100% ad-free, and we are 100% supported through those Substack subscriptions. It's just $6. We have a Wednesday podcast that's just on the Substack. You'll have access to that. All of my article archives dating back all the way to the beginning will be available to you as a subscriber. Workouts, recipes are coming back in November. And not only does it allow me to keep doing what I'm doing, but it also helps firefighter donations to those in need. We just had one this week. 
for a family, just happenstance to be in Oregon. They had some troubles with their young child, and we helped out in the ways that we could to make that a little easier on them. And that couldn't be done without our paid subscribers on Substack, so we appreciate that very, very much. I have traveled this year over all the United States, through the Alleghenies, the White Mountains, and the Catskills, the Rockies and the Bitterroot Mountains, Cascades, the Coast Range, and the Sierras. Well, it wouldn't be a weekly wildfire update if we didn't talk about what's going on around the world with wildfire. That first segment, of course, took up a good chunk of time, but I think it was important that we did that. I was also going to cover today the news out of California with wildfire insurance and how the state is saying that if you maintain your property, you can get a rebate or a tax credit on your insurance. But that's another hour-long conversation, so we're going to move that to next Wednesday on the Substack. Huge news, actually. It's the first state to ever do that, and I think that will become a precedent across the United States. We've been talking about it for months now, but it finally is here. But when it comes to wildfires, there's a little bit going on. Texas is still hitting some fires, a couple here and there. Oklahoma had a couple. A lot of the action has been out in Washington where if you follow the news out of Seattle or know anybody who lives up in the Pacific Northwest, it's been smoky as hell up there. They have all these wilderness fires that are still kind of puffing up here and there. They have had some very warm weather lingering over their mountain ranges and in those states, and that has stretched all the way through Canada, through British Columbia and Alberta, and that's mostly what's been going on. There has been a lot of prescribed fire activity. Utah has had some big prescribed fires. The Trail Mountain Fire down by Price, I believe it was, or Richfield. That looked good. It looked like it was cooking, to be honest with you. But it, from the pictures I saw, it's if it's in their box, they're doing a good job. California's been burning. Kern County Fire was conducting some prescribed burns. Those look good. And I know that In Montana, on the Lolo National Forest, out of Missoula, the Helena area, and others in that state, and across the border in Idaho, they have started their prescribed burning as well. Resources have been called to Wyoming to help with some prescribed burns. And why I believe, tagging on to what we talked about in the last segment, it's so important to be aware that there are a lot of good prescribed burns and prescribed fires taking place that don't go awry, but it's the ones that go awry that get the most attention. And when they really go bad, they get a lot of attention. But that's why I have this weekly wildfire update. So everybody understands there are so many fires that people don't know about. There's so many prescribed fires that people don't know about. And it's usually because they go good and nothing transpires that shines a negative light on it. And so even local news sources don't even pick up on it. So it has been busy, especially for the folks who are still working. And like I said, Washington has been the most busy. You have this Goat Rocks fire that's up in their wilderness. They do have indirect lines around it, but these things are just smoking and smoldering and not really causing problems other than smoke in the valleys. That should clear up. There is rain in the forecast, and with rain, you do get that clean air mass that comes through, and will push all this out. But that being said, you still probably won't see a conclusion to these fires well into November and perhaps even into December. To reiterate, that's not completely abnormal. I personally, decades ago, have been on fires that have gone into late November and December. They just smolder around, even if there is some snowfall. You get these heavy duff patches that can continue to burn 
until you get that big heavy snow that's not going to melt and you can call these things out and extinguished and 100% contained. And again, I would be lying to you if some, not all, and not a lot, but some of these incidents are used to keep people paid and to get qualifications and have a reason to get out of the office. And I'm not against that. There might be people out there who are against that, but instead of just slamming the door shut on some of these that are way out in the wilderness, just let it skunk around. Yes, there is a lot of media news and media splash about air quality and we need to squash these things. But again, it's important to look at it from all sides. And if you have only seen one side, you're just naturally going to be biased to that information that you're receiving. And then in Canada, in the Jasper National Park, which shout out Jasper, they had a fire up there. It's been skunking around. Again, it's one of these incidents that has been kind of skunking around for a while, but it got some heat on it. They did have some dry, warm weather pushed through, and there was some pretty spectacular fire activity of this fire just ripping up a a box canyon or like a chute, if you're a skier, things like that. And it just ripped up this mountainside and made for spectacular visuals and really something to witness. But again, they do have some precipitation and possibly snow coming. And then we'll have to see where these all things lie after that. When it comes to myself moving forward, I actually expected this time of year to start getting slower for me when it comes to updates and podcasts and things that are going on with the Hotshot Wake Up, but they're actually getting busier, which is, was kind of a surprise to me, but it's just the way of the world. I'm not mad at it. It's just what it is. So again, I'm going to try to continue to do what I do, but there are folks in the wildfire arena and in the media arena and in the civilian arena that have started to occupy more of my time. Ultimately, I can't say yes to all of these things. The ones that I really enjoy seeing coming in are invites from colleges and things like that, where they want me to talk to their wildfire program and just kind of give my background and my story and and have a chat with their students and graduates about what I've seen and maybe what they can expect and the issues that are going on in the wildfire world right now. And some have reached out and asked for that. I'm trying to schedule things the best that I can with my time available. So if you have something like that or you have an interest in that, please just reach out. My email is thehotshotwakeup at gmail.com. And I try to check it, you know, once or twice a day, and I'll try to get back to you if that's the case. Again, thanks to all the paid Substack subscribers. It's thehotshotwakeup.substack.com. None of this possible without you, all the donations, and of course, everything else that we do. And we really appreciate your support. If you can't support the podcast all the fire updates, the social media, the Substack, all of my articles, and everything else. Just like the podcast where you are listening and leave a nice rating, and that just means the world to me as well. That wraps it all up. As always, reach out to someone you haven't talked to in a while, see how they're doing, say what's up, stretch, hydrate, get those quality calories in you because those are the ones that count. Get the rest needed. Otherwise, you're going to be burned out and depressed. But when you get up, you got to get it done.